0: Um, keep uh, col- sorry, um, Philemon open in front of you, that'll be helpful. Let's get and also there's an outline in your bulletin that'll be also helpful to have open in front of you so you know where we're heading. You might want to jot a few notes down um, so you can rem- remember what you've heard this morning and we'll have a, um, a question and answer Time too at the end. So if you've got a question, feel free to write something down or a comment, word of encouragement, something like that. Let's uh, let's pray as we open God's word together. Father, we thank you for uh, this time together. We thank you for church this morning. We thank you that in front of us we have um, your map, the Bible, and so tell us, Lord, the way to go in Jesus' name. Amen. The powerful effectiveness of the fellowship of the faith. You might remember verse 6 from last week, the week before as well. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. What we've seen so far is that, among other things, Philemon, this great story we've been following along, and if you've missed one, don't forget you can go back, look at our YouTube channel, catch up. Hello, if you're watching at home, if you're on holidays, a few people away today. Um, don't forget to catch up and, uh, and, and watch the other two uh, sermons in this series. But what we've seen so far is that Philemon is a book about relationships. So remember the relationships so far? We've had uh, relationships, fellowship in the faith. Remember that term? Philemon and Paul, Paul and Onesimus, and Onesimus and Philemon. The last of these, that is Onesimus and Philemon been the most in need of the, the supernatural power of God's grace. Only in that grace can the fellowship of the faith become effective. There are of course many such experiences in the life of any fellowship of God's people. Uh, the story this story of the runaway slave that was Onesimus, now a follower of Jesus, returning to the master that he wronged. This is about as real and practical as really we can get when it comes to the fellowship of faith in Jesus Christ transforming the most difficult of situations between people. Relationships, uh, even, even between Christians, are easily dominated by, by wrongs that, that have been done, past hurts and injuries... Affect relationships, rejection, shame, uh, resentment, distrust, embarrassment, and insecurity can all, can all govern relationships, can't they? I wonder do you have a relationship like that? One that, that's dominated by those sort of things that needs healing, that needs the supernatural power of God's grace? Do you have a relationship? like that. What can happen if these difficult relationships are renewed by shared faith in Jesus Christ becoming the dominant factor? The the fellowship in the faith becoming effective. That's what can happen. And that's Paul's prayer in verse 6. So up to this point Paul has um, set himself up for his appeal to Philemon. Now if you've been around the last couple of weeks you've probably it might, it might have been getting a little bit frustrated. You might be thinking to yourself, what, what exactly does he want Philemon to do? Waiting and waiting and what does he want him to do? Well, we we're getting there. Today we'll hear it, which is really great. Uh, so, but up until this point, Paul sort of set himself up for this appeal to Philemon, what exactly he expects him to do. He's referred to Philemon's genuine faith in Jesus. That was verse five. He's prayed that, uh, that his participation in the faith with other believers will be effective. That's verse 6. And verse 7 tells us that actually that's the case. That's been happening. It has been effective. He then, This is last week. Then he spoke about relationships, all centered on Christ, between himself and Philemon and Onesimus, with the clear point that now Onesimus is as Philemon. In other words, he, and Onesimus, the runaway slave, is like Philemon. He's a follower of Jesus Christ, which, which makes all the difference in how Philemon should now relate to Onesimus. So finally, we find out what Paul expects of Philemon, and it's nothing short of extraordinary. But by the grace of God, it's entirely possible and realistic. So let's read again from verse 17. Now, when when we pick up verse 17, the first word there is so. The so is is important. Um, That is, his appeal, we're about to read, flows out of what has just been said concerning the remarkable relationships between the apostle, between Philemon, between Onesimus. But the so, or it's really the therefore, same, same word, also connects his appeal to what Paul's already said of Philemon's good character, uh, Philemon's love and faith. Okay, so pick up verse 17. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you would do even more than I ask. And one more thing, prepare a room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. We'll leave it there. Well, Paul now is finally straight to the point. Uh, but there is more to say about his motivation in regards to, to the things he's about to say. Philemon, we see, is a partner in the gospel with Paul. Paul. That's how Paul talks about the relationship between um, him and Philemon. And Philemon and Paul share, you see, in the fellowship of the faith. And we'll see this working out in just a moment. The if in verse 17, do you see that? It's not, not really about uncertainty. Paul is drawing Philemon's attention to the partnership in the gospel they share. In a strong sense, he's about to invite Philemon to affirm the partnership that they share. And he's going to affirm it with kindness to Onesimus, the runaway slave. So, here it is. On the basis of their fellowship, of the, on the basis of, their, of their, their partnership in the faith, Paul then calls on Philemon to welcome him as you would welcome me. Accept him as you would accept me. Let's take that in for, just for a moment. Accept, welcome him as you welcome me, accept him as you welcome me. This is a remarkable appeal in the context of this story and what's been happening. Accept this runaway slave who most probably stole from Philemon just as you would accept the Apostle Paul. Wow. Wow. The Apostle Paul, a runaway slave. Have you ever entertained someone important, some dignitary, someone famous? It's like that, that old sharing question, name three people you'd like to have dinner with. Remember that? And share it over morning tea if you like. Um, mine would usually be musicians and rock stars. Um, that'll be cool. Uh, but if you entertain someone uh, famous or someone important, you surely you'd you'd show them a bit of honour and respect, wouldn't you? I remember hearing stories, rumored stories, but I think they're true, of Donald Trump, when he um, entertained people in the White House. More often than not, he would serve up macas, Big Macs, in the White House to important, over you know, international dignitaries. I'm wondering how that would have been received. I don't know. I think, well, maybe they've got good senses of humour. I don't know, but. My thinking is that important dignitaries deserve a little more than a Big Mac with special sauce. Don't you think? You know, The point is you wouldn't skip. You wouldn't skimp if you're welcoming someone important. You'd, you'd give them great respect and honour. You would take out... You'd bring out the, the china from the special cupboard. You know the special cupboard with the china? Right? you bring out that. you bring out the nice cutlery. You'd, you'd do all those sort of things. You see, um, how, how then... How then do you think they would have welcomed Paul when Paul comes to Colossae? I, I would expect with great honor and respect. Uh, much kindness to their deeply loved teacher, the person who is instrumental in bringing them to faith. Remember Epaphras, that, that leader at Colossae, um, Philemon, they all came to Christ. They came be, be, in Christian, became Christians, followers of Jesus, through Paul. So if he came up to the he, well, he came to the church at Colossae, I think. Great honour and respect and kindness. In fact, Paul was hoping to visit soon, wasn't he? And I love verse 22. It's a very reasonable expectation that he should get a bed. That's all he asked for. He doesn't ask for great honour and respect, but he just asks for a bed. Anyway. Now, we're not sure if actually that visit did come about. But what we can be sure of, that such a visit, visit would have been highly anticipated and would have and he would have been welcomed warmly by the church and especially by his dear friend and fellow believer Philemon. So here is evidence, here is effective fellowship, or at least the, the possibility of it at work. The welcome that Philemon would soon extend to the apostle was to be the standard by which by which he was to welcome Onesimus, the slave who betrayed him. That's effective fellowship or at least the possibility of it at work receive the runaway slave just as you would receive me Philemon. it's truly a, the ra- that's the radical call for effective fellowship the faith amongst God's people and it's also a not so sut- subtle reminder of how we ought to welcome people here in God's church in Robertson we can't miss that you know, little reminder can we we ought to welcome people Onismus would become part of uh, Sorry, Onesimus would have been would have become part of Philemon's household, uh, a brother in Christ, just like Paul. And indeed, the working out of, of Colossians three verse eleven: here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. That's just the working out of that verse. How Onesimus would be welcomed. And so in verse 18, 1.2 of our outline, Paul addresses the wrong that has been done to Philemon. It's an acknowledgement that this is tricky. This is not easy, what's happening here. And again, the if at the start of the verse isn't about uncertainty, everyone in the room would have known what Onesimus had done. Everyone would have known, all right? Uh, and that it was wrong. It's, it's, so the if is a bit like more like verse 17 emphasizing the point. Onesimus may well owe Philemon much. Philemon was robbed of his slave's service as he ran away, not to mention the possibility, again, that Philemon probably stole from him. But So what is to be done about this debt that is owed to Philemon? Well, Paul's answer is simple, and it's profoundly Christlike. He says, charge it to my account. I'll take it on. I'll pay the debt. Uh, on Friday night, I, um, I caught up with some old school friends. So a few of them, it was only a small gathering, um, but there were six of us, and three of them I had not seen for 31 years. Um, I had to sort of stalk them on Facebook to see what they looked like. Uh, it was quite funny. I presume they did the same thing to me. Uh, but it was really nice. It was really fun to see them. And when I also caught up with yeah, some other friends that we had... We'd, um, uh, that we do see now and then. Uh, it was good fun. I even managed to convince them to go and... It w- we had a, a, a meal in a pub first, and then we, um, I managed to convince them, and it wasn't very hard at all, to go and see my daughter's band um, over in Erskineville. And so a bunch of these close to 50-year-old m- men... Um, <laughs> it's quite funny. Uh, walking in this uh, inner-west, um, very small bar with... Yeah, I don't know if you can imagine it, but we stood out like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Who brought the old guys? Um, anyway, so we managed to find a corner in the room and hide, so we didn't embarrass anyone. Um, but it was good fun. When I was in high school, when we talked about this a little bit, uh, the, the tuck shop lady, her name was Cheryl, and so. But Cheryl allowed uh, most students, I don't think I had one of these, but most students to have a canteen account. Now... Just imagine that for a moment, will you? Imagine your teenager, your teenage boy, having a canteen account. Just walking up to Shirley and say, charge it to my account. Mum and Dad will look after it. Imagine that. Disastrous, you would think, wouldn't it? Not a chance in the world. In fact, my parents are here today and I doubt they, doubt they allowed it. Um, <laughs> Mum and Dad would pay the bill. They would, you know, they would. the debt would be paid. Charge it to my account. That's... that's And that's what Paul's saying here. That's what Paul's saying to Philemon about the debt that's owed to Onesimus. Charge it to my account. Paul owed Philemon nothing, of course, did he? Just as Jesus was not in debt to God, yet Paul takes the debt of Onesimus and promises to pay what is due Philemon. Just as Jesus took on the debt of sinners and paid it in full on the cross, he charges it to his account and therefore Philemon should now regard Onesimus as owing him nothing at all. Just like Jesus on the cross for us, just as the debt we sinners owe to God has been completely wiped clean by the death of Jesus. And this was not just words for Paul, by the way, was it? This, take, this, this idea of uh, uh, charge it to my account, charge it to me, I'll pay the debt. This is not just words for Paul, he meant it and he stresses that by writing in his own words. It's, it's highly likely that Paul used a writer for most of his letters, and uh, someone who would sit next to him and he would dictate it and they would write it down. And so Paul says, I'm going to write this in my own hand. That's how serious I am about this debt that is owed to you, Philemon. I'm going to take on the debt. I'm going to look after it, charge it to my account. This is in my hand what we see of course is Paul's fellowship in the faith becoming effective there it is right there and then Well, in verse 19 and it's point three in our outlines Paul's claim and effective fellowship so verse 19 I Paul I'm writing this in my own hand I will pay it back not to mention that you owe me your very self interesting phrase isn't it in all this Philemon must be conscious of his own debt to Paul he shouldn't forget what God did through Paul in his life way back in Ephesus when he became a Christian. Colossians 2, 2-3 to speaks of this. I'll read it out to you. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Philemon, through Paul, now knows the mystery of God. Who's that? Of course, it's Christ, it's Jesus. Uh, the full riches of understanding—that's what Philemon knows now, and through the ministry of Paul. Yes, there is a real debt he owes to Paul, and it's a wonderful thing. Uh, do do you, I hope you do remember the person. Maybe it was, maybe you, it was your parents. Maybe it was a good, uh, good friend who shared the gospel with you for the first time, uh, who explained it to you, who led you to Christ, even. You're indebted to him in a good way. I'm in debt. You're indebted to them, and that's what's going on here. It's not a. It's not a pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. It's nothing like that. It's, nothing, it's Paul, Paul's acknowledging the relationship they all share, and in, in through through Christ. So in the first part of verse twenty, Paul calls in on the debt that is owed to him by asking Philemon to receive Onesimus just as he'd receive me. He'd receive himself. And this love would be totally consistent to what Philemon has already demonstrated in the church at Colossae amongst God's people. Remember back in verse 7, Paul had recalled the joy and encouragement Philemon's love for others had given him. And that it had refreshed him. And here now in verse 20, Paul again asks Philemon to refresh his heart by welcoming Onesimus. Well, finally, Paul is confident that Philemon's fellowship in the faith will be effective. Paul is confident that Philemon will, will step up and uh, and do the job, so to speak, I guess. I'm, um, as you probably know, I'm a bit of a sports nut. I'll watch most sport. Um, I don't really care what it is. I'll watch it. If I get a chance, I'll do that. Um, I do love listening to sporting um, uh, cliches. They're a bit of fun, aren't they? Um, so especially in rugby league. Uh, rugby league. Uh, <laughs> a few people might get that anyway. Um, one match at a time. You've heard that one over and over again. Uh, take every game as it comes. Classic. Uh, we're not getting carried away. No, well, we don't ask you to. It's all right. Um, full credit to the girls, boys. It's a game of two halves, my favourite. It's not a game of two quarters, is it? Um, it's a game of two halves, that, that comes up a lot. And of course, they gave 110%. Well, one on 120, bunch of bludgers. They should be working harder. 110%. But here's another one that pops up now and then in the context of one player being out with injury and another who steps in to take his or her place. You hear it quite a bit, we're confident that whoever steps in will do the job. Whoever steps in will do the job. That's their confidence. Paul can't be there in Colossae, but he's confident that Philemon will step in and do the job. Step up and do the job even. In fact, even more than he asks, 110%. (laughs) So verse 21, Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you would do even more than I ask. There's 110% for you. See, Paul's confident in Philemon's love and faith, verse 4, and its active expression, verse 7. He is not written with doubts or uncertainties about how this letter would be received. In fact, he knows that Philemon would do even more than what he asks. See, here's the purpose of the letter. Why does he write the letter? Why is Philemon written? This was not a command or a guilt trip to make Philemon do the right thing. Instead, due to the context of the public nature of the reading of the letter, it is a teaching tool for the church. This is what Paul's saying. He's saying... Here is an example to follow, brothers and sisters. Here is an example to follow, brothers and sisters in Christ, of effective fellowship in the faith at work. Watch Philemon. Watch him. I've got complete confidence that he'll step up and he'll do the right thing. Watch Philemon, church. We already know about his love. We already know about his faith. Keep watching him. He's going to do it. He's going to welcome Onesimus as he would welcome me. Paul finishes the letter in much the same way as Colossians. He names some fellow workers and a fellow prisoner and once again fellowship of the faith is effective in this last verse 23, verse 24. Verse 25, Paul finishes by saying the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. It's It's a conventional and very fitting way to end the letter, isn't it? Without God's grace there will be no effective fellowship in the faith. So the grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. So where does all this leave us? 21st century followers of Jesus sharing in the fellowship of the faith, we can have no doubts that Philemon and Onesimus's fellowship in the faith became effective. There's even some, um, some good evidence that Onesimus became a bishop in the early church in the early 2nd century. As we read this letter, then uh, in so many, um, so many years later, we must not be content with our fellowship in the faith becoming unreal or fake or ineffective. Don't be content with that. It must be something more than friendship we share, we may share. We may not have any uh, runaway slaves to deal with, um, returning to their masters, but our fellowship in the faith can work in difficult situations amongst believers today. Whenever Christian people have good reasons to not get on, where there may be a history of hurts and wrongs, the word from Paul to Philemon suggests powerful possibilities. So let's pray this morning that our fellowship in the faith will become more and more effective. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this little letter that we've been able to spend three weeks in. We thank you for the example of um, Philemon. We pray that we'd be like him. And Lord, we pray that our fellowship in the faith that we share will become effective by the the powerful, um, the the supernatural power of your grace that we know in Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this church. We pray that you would help us to continue to grow, to grow in faith and love and hope. And we um pray all these things in Jesus name amen all right anyone um